Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I know we're just going to keep talking about this until the day we all die, but the fucking haunted lady is... People keep t- emailing in. It just gets deeper and deeper. Now, so we had another source that said they did see the haunted lady outside Henrietta Street. So then I read this report. I read an account of someone who used to live in number 13. The one we were in? We Besides, were in number 12. Again, I'm sorry. And in the <laughs> words of a lady who lived next door, just to clear things up for you, Jen, she said... Number 13 was known as the haunted house and stories of strange happenings were talked about. Ghost stories were the favourite stories around the coal or turf fire at night. We would, as children, never climb the dark foreboding stairs without someone shining a light to guide you. It is known that some people have seen strange ghostly figures coming down the stairs wearing old world looking clothes. They would suddenly vanish before their eyes or walk through a wall that was most likely a landing before the landlords who bought the few houses had altered the rooms to get more families in. Now, so it had been returned 12 Henrietta Street has obviously been returned to a big mansion house mm. freeing up space for the ghosts to walk through the walls again doesn't need to can just go straight on through the doorway which she did yeah ghosts can walk <laughs> through MDF partitions <laughs> not a problem yeah but like they might not but well this is this is in these ladies this lady's words so it was obviously a ghost lady from number 13 Gar- absolutely fact. fact fact clearly she went outside to just get some fresh air before she came in and spooked us all nobody saw her leave that's crucially. still a fact that is still a fact we still have not got sightings of her leaving 
And I think this whole ordeal goes to prove that we would make really poor, serious investigators. When we go on our haunted house trip together. Okay, not confirmed. We, I, this is all practice for that trip. Mm. How do we react? Which one's the kind of piss their pants one? I Which thought one's I would first be more start scared. But you're, I'm more intrigued. You're, but you're kind of sceptical. I'm not sceptical. I fully believe it's a ghost, but I need to assemble the facts. That's fair. And now we have an account of someone next door. What well, the next step is to identify the spirit and who she is. And I'm and I'm what network she's with because she did have an iPhone. She did have an iPhone. <laughs> so if we go back to the scene, which sure. I'm open to doing, we can take the recordings and do the Sophie White a la knock sound different from ghosts. <gasps> Happy to do that. Excellent. Now, do we have to rent the fucking place to do that? Because we're going to have to maybe bring 200 of our closest mates Back to pay to tickets worth to do that. To, to, just <laughs> to, to make it a little bit worthwhile. Um, and what we'll do is we'll turn on our like airdrop. And we can airdrop her questions then in the room. And she'll just What's answer it? What are you talking about? You on her she iPhone. She has an iPhone. iPhone. So we can airdrop her questions. Who are you? Wouldn't that be absolutely gas? Absolutely. Okay, let's try it. It's like an iWeeja. So I, I think we've all but now confirmed with the uh, owner of the house that we're going to do another show there. Maybe a seance. <laughs> and I feel uh, if everyone who was there previously could just... Come again. Come again. Spend some money. That'd be great. And, uh, you know, we'll use it for a good cause, seance. Lads, speaking of Ouija boards, creeps of the week. I was just about to do it. Take us off. Go for it. Oh, well, I mean, it's just today's news. Seven hours ago, the journal posted. Some Donegal creeps. Total. I like their moxie. Give us the story. Give us the scoop. They were um, caught climbing to the roof of a hospital to play Ouija board and drink alcohol. Oh. That is a good Thursday they've got planned there. Then they live stream it on Facebook. That's how we know. They published it on Facebook because they're geniuses. I need the link to that. Now, it's kind of... uh, Yeah, see, I don't do Facebook, so I'm always left out of everything fun. But basically, in the video, uh, it's a guy and a girl, and she has a bloodied face, which is jarring. (laughs) Right, okay. Uh, But apparently the injuries were incurred while gaining access to the roof which was luckily the roof of a hospital. Ah. Perfect place to... Have an injury. Bloody up your face, exactly. Well, loads of dead people floating on by. Exactly. Like, That's it. Um, they, after they climbed up there, basically, they said that they got trapped and um, and admitted that some drinking took place. Um, and they kind of attempted to play the Ouija board, but uh, didn't think it would work. And again, like, like, where would it work better? Exactly. Nah. I mean, brilliant. It'd be like, um, you know, going fishing in a salmon farm. <laughs> Very clever. Shooting really. fish in a barrel. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. Uh, Hilarious. The matter is being fully investigated. But they got trapped up there. They did get trapped. So up they had there. to call for help. I'd say whoever the problem as well was that they were surrounded by um, really important stuff that's keeping people alive in the hospital. I know. And your man was just lighting. He up. was lighting his bag off some electronic controller isolator, whatever that is. But it definitely is in charge of something. Yeah. In the ICU. Disaster. Yeah, and he's just like sparking butts off it. 
and I'm using some cigarette lingo there. Sparking some, some butts. Sparking some butts for his cigarette pipe. His cigarellos. And uh, <laughs> trying to play the witchy board in the background of the video. It just sounds so brilliantly hapless. Like, it doesn't say he was playing it. No. Attempting is the word yeah, that they used yeah. on Breaking News Dolly. But that would, if they didn't say that, it wouldn't be implied that it was sort of at working. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. I guess. Well, oh, I see. Yeah, you've kind of thought about it more deeply there. I was picturing him more like just just several feet away from the Ouija board and trying to manipulate the counter, you know, just kind of staring, and, you know, when like you're really pissed and you have to close one eye to focus on things and him <laughs> just kind true. of being like maybe one leg <laughs> on the floor steadying himself. But like it'd be absolutely freezing as oh. well, wouldn't it? <laughs> like why? Anyway, so much. was it very young people? I, I don't know. In this report, it just says a man and a woman. Anyway, creeps of the week. Congratulations. You I know. Two well weirdos. done. I mean, I feel like it's kind of honorary Darwin Awards territory and creeps of the week. That's it. Poor Venice is seemingly now Atlantis. I don't know why. <laughs> my link. I actually just assumed that Venice was someone. <laughs> oh, sorry. With an insane name. Apologies to anyone who's called their kid Venice. But you know the way it's people are called stuff like that person. now? Yeah. Venice. I mean, people like, are called things like Apple, so. Yeah, what? definitely. Someone's called Venice. Your new baby, perhaps. Um, so poor Venice. Yeah, sad for Venice them. White. <laughs> sad for Venice. Um, Very sad for Venice. This is brilliant, isn't it? It's great to be back, guys. It's great to be back. It's great to be indoors. Can confirm. Christmas is coming the At goose speed. is getting fat. Christmas is just around the corner. And as a little gift to you too, uh, I uh, have a uh, feast of a story for you. Uh, I thought you were going to, I don't know why, but feces oh, was where I thought you were going. Not today, Satan. Um, but I can't tell you it because my computer is not loading enough. Sorry, it needs to <laughs> charge to, uh, over there. So I'm not sure where I was going with that, but I want to know what you have. Okay, are okay. you going to leave us feeling very sick? Uh, like, do you want no. me to go first so that... Oh, I have to say, what I did was I prepared my story and then I stupidly watched, you know, one of those 60 Minutes from Australia shows. Yes, yes I love them. Yeah. This brilliant story. And now I'm like, <gasps> oh fuck, God. man. I know what story you're doing, I think. No, no, I'm not doing the 60 minute one now. Oh, okay. I'm saving that for later, but it's kind of in my mind. And now you want to talk about it. Yeah, I really want to talk about it. What, what do you think it is? So, The 60 minutes yeah. one? Is it your one, Catherine? Nope. Okay. Okay, <laughs> excellent. So you <laughs> must start us off. Tw- tease us. Okay, I'll tease us. Um, so uh, my BuzzFeed headline is The Other disaster artist okay who's the oh. first one the, the film the disaster artist oh uh, right Tom ta- what's his name again Tom Weezu the guy who made that The Room, oh, the room. that's right uh, didn't watch it did you no The Room yeah yeah I feel like it was kind of enforced in college okay everyone had to get stoned and watch The Room at least a few times and to get your degree Jen, what, is I your did, degree just a piece of paper? Of course it fucking is. With you, that, with yeah. you scrolling your own of name course. across it? What'd you get? I don't know, a two-one? Like everyone else, just a lie. I told you this friend of mine who worked in a, in finance, I bet you they're listening. You've never and, said uh, what industry, oh, but you've shit. told us about the... Um, anyway, spoofed the degree in a, in a whopper job. No degree. But it, that's fine. She's I like, agree. Me, I don't have a degree and here we are in this incredible... <laughs> 
setting. But you're not pretending to have one. No, I've never pretended I'm too anxious. <laughs> you imagine Far that too that, anxious. But like, then you have all the. Ex- have we talked this? Had this pretending to have one is is against the law. Uh, I don't. It depends, depends on, the on what you're claiming to be. Well, like I'd say, well, there, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be Didn't ideal. Didn't we have a story of a doctor who pretended to be a doctor? Sophie told no, us. No, man, he, he just pretended to be a student for seven or 20 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like years, there's yeah. definitely then someone he, who pretended to be a doctor also. Did he also go into a hospital? No, not we so keep, much. We keep not speaking we about this. No, no. <laughs> Sophie, tease us. Okay, so it is the other disa- disaster artist. It was killing me not being sure if I was saying the guy's name right. The first guy who's not even... This story isn't even about him. Move on, Sophie. Okay, <laughs> so um, you guys might remember this story but it's coming up on a very special anniversary so I thought like oh I'll trot it out you even say that every week and I never know, know the story I think you'll I think everyone will know at least the top headline of this story the top line stuff but I've gone obviously deeper that's what we're here for okay so this is the story of the fake band that broke the world Last November. Yeah. Somebody wrote us in and asked, could we cover this? I have read this so many times. I've been I have, so close to doing it. it was I do open not know today. the story. Several people have messaged me over the last few months. Um, but I, yeah. So basically, it, I kind of remember it happening vaguely last year, but there was actually way more to it when I went in deep. So it's a metal band called Threaten. Basically, they first kind of cropped up on the kind of, general sort of psyche this exact time last year when it only a year it was yeah, only a year, year ago um, so when they booked a European tour alright and uh, so the band's leader is Jared Threaten <laughs> Eames and he's kind of um, sort of like uh, so Elijah Wood in Lord of the Rings Okay. With the hair of that other man, the very long blonde hair. Okay. Who's that fairy man with the long blonde hair in Lord Orlando Bloom? Olivia. Orlando oh, Blooms. <laughs> but in a metal band. Gotcha. So he's channeling a lot of different influences there. But not the face and of Orlando. a little bit of Ariana Grande. Okay. Oh. Just in the hair. The hair is beautiful. Sleek. Sleek. It's waist length. Few split ends. Blonde. Probably could do with um, maybe a bit of a, a hair mask. Okay. You know, you know, metal hair has a kind of a fuzzy aura. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, they hit the UK at the start of their world tour and promoting the album Breaking the World (laughs) and um, played a number of venues um, across their uh, 10 city European tour. Sadly, it just absolutely nosedived into the ground a few dates in when no one was showing up to the venues. When we're talking about nobody. We're talking about nobody. Nobody except Jared Threaten's wife who was filming in the empty uh, auditoriums. Shit. So... And there's a full band and Jared stunning hair Eames and... what happened? Like, did they not so do let's any? Go back but to nobody was showing up. Okay. And the kind of, I suppose, the first bad turn that the tour took, beyond literally there being no audiences, was that the band, who were kind of guns for hire, um, got really pissed off and walked out. 
So basically, Jared so had put this band together just before the tour. Just before the tour, they'd been rehearsing that summer. They weren't like a childhood were band who grew together in a garage and decided to go on tour. And then imploded. Yeah, no, yeah. Not at all. They were like, this was a transaction thing. He'd hired them. They were playing his music that he had written off his album. Um, the album had shifted about a few hundred copies. Mm. Pretty good for... But how bad was the music? Um, it's, yeah, I mean, I'll play some now in a little while. But, um, I mean, it's so hard to tell with metal. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to alienate some audience members. But, like, it's very, Yeah, like, it's like, is it good? Isn't it good? I don't know. Is but, it supposed to sound like this? I don't know. It's definitely, like, the album was reasonably well produced. He plays every instrument on the album. So there's a kind of, like... There's a talent. There's a definite talent there, undeniable. His voice is reedy. Okay. What does Def- that mean? I, it's kind of, it's kind of like if Neil Young was singing metal, right? He just needs a bit more, okay. do you know, on that. But he's got a guitar, like whispery. It's like we- wheezy and whispery. Okay. But anyway, so because the um, the band walked out. The, the tour crashed and burned and he didn't make it to all 10 dates and it immediately started grabbing headlines around the world like fake band does European world tour but like I mean it's where the fake meets the exactly the actual real is very blurred here I think and your man Jared Eames went to ground immediately after the shit hit the fan and like wouldn't release any statements, wouldn't talk to press. And there was like immediate speculation that it was actually like a mass viral marketing campaign. Yeah. Of course, they're always viral marketing <laughs> campaigns. But there's nobody sitting in an office being like, if this is a good idea. If you work in marketing, you, you can come up with a crazy viral idea and someone will be like, oh, we should just do something a lot simpler than that. The person who has the money is like, let's just take out an ad in the newspaper. Yeah, let's do something more free yeah. than booking a European tour, paying a band, flights, accommodation, everything. It's too tenuous. There's no way you're convincing marketing teams that this is a good idea. No. So yeah. throw out the viral marketing idea. I think right when it was actually unfolding, so say it was like set over 14 dates in November and it crashed and burned like bang in the middle around the 6th or 7th. Okay. And like he'd played London, he'd played a, a place called The Underground, he'd played another place called Asylum. I love all the like metal names. <laughs> like... Um, darkness. The darkness. There's just like the kind of... Uh, what's the word the support acts that he had kind of hired to play for him as part of the tour there was a few good quite metal names there as well god damn it what were they called there was like ghost in the machine and fist uh, in the eye fist in the anus yeah yeah like um uh so they all obviously got uh, shafted as well. But like they were paid. So they just showed up and played to empty rooms really mm-hmm. baffled. Grand. So it was actually quite hard to see like where the who problem was being was. hurt and where. But like say the session musicians were really pissed off. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, so they weren't getting paid. They were. Oh, they but were. But they were just pissed off at being spoofed basically. Okay. So like he had kind of said to them. Well, I'll go back. I'll go back. So basically Jeremy Threaten is from Missouri. He's from a tiny town. Um, and he grew up, um, yeah, it's like 1,300 people in this town. And 
he says like that one of the kind of emblematic things of his childhood was that when you arrived into his town, um, Moberly, Missouri, you could just see this graveyard um, out on top of this hill. And for Jeremy, who obviously was a very like he was a teenager, he had a lot of feelings, just the way we all do when we're teenagers, mm. very feelingsy. Mm. He saw this graveyard and he was like, I have to get out on Missouri. I have to make something happen for myself. And he like basically it became like this big thing Obsession. in his mind. I he, will not die here having accomplished nothing. I will not. And so he basically applied a very like impressive kind of drive to learning guitar. So he picked up guitar when he was about 10, absolutely vowed to master it. And he did. Very and good. the same, basically, with every other instrument that he was like, I'm going to, what else does a band need? I'm going to learn drums. I'm going to learn bass. And he... That's how I feel about crafts. Crafts. <laughs> yeah. So he just was crafting the shit out of his teenage <laughs> years, basically. Um, and he has an older brother, Scott, he's five years older, and they formed a band together. They were both like mad into metal. And um, do you know the way there's like a high, sort of a hierarchy of metal? Do you know about this? Not really. Mm-mm. There is a whole, it's a very complex fucking ecosystem. The metal world. So there's like new metal, like I think Linkin Park's kind of new metal. Right, and right, right. therefore okay. kind of like. Shunned by loathed, the hard metal. Loathed by the kind of death metal. Right. And then there's like... What's death, death metal? Death is more like... Rah, 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 the shout. Okay, I'm going yeah. out on a limb. I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to get in touch on at Dive Creep. But wouldn't death metal be like kind of... Like the kind of... Shouting. And then Satan, we're going to... Uh, play yeah. it backwards and Satan's talking yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. And music. then there's like trash. Then there's like stoner metal that's like... We have a lot of that in our house. That'd be Seb's kind of brand, right. brand of metal. Is it sort of... Oh, pop-esque stoner metal but or sort of what would stoner metal be now do we have any bands and you will know us by our trail of dead maybe oh, no recognition whatsoever now no Is that one Sorry. band's name yeah that's one even, band it's quite a long name it's a long name um, unless they were on the OC soundtrack I wouldn't know them. <laughs> um, so basically the older brother Scott is very like we are black metal or black metal yeah black metal D- death that? metal death. Jesus which one is it Jesus. it's very dark and intense and um, yeah death metal so like they loved bands like Thy Antichrist Oh. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. It's a one. bit obvious for a metal band, no? I like it. It's straight to the point. Okay. And biblical. That's good too. And so they formed a band I go with that something they like called Genesis. Satan. There's Beth Genesis. Genesis. But if you're going to be. Genesis like a fucking. Phil Collins. <laughs> is it? What's the other Genesis. one? Genesis. The uh, Rev- Revelations. Uh, if you're going to go biblical, there's much better. Oh, God, you're right. Genesis. Biblical. Yeah. Okay, now. Yeah, like, there was an like obvious biblical. Yeah, oh, but there's nice. an obvious Punches. biblical reference. Punches Pilate. Punches, yeah. Who is he again? Punches White. He was uh, he was the guy who killed who. I think he wanted he, the list of all the Jews, didn't he? He he sanctioned Basically. the the cruci- crucifying. Okay. Anyway, so Scott and Jared, as teenagers, formed their own band um, called Satith. Close yeah. Satith. Lucifer. They were um, very supported by the parents um, who really encouraged them in their music. I would too. Which is a lovely departure 
for parents of metal kids. Well, it's been pulling yourself off in the bedroom. Just absolutely pull yourself off with your brother. <laughs> Making on stage music. and tour England. They were described as um, the Gallagher brothers of Moberly, Missouri. That sounds great. Um, now, the band from the start was like, I don't know, they were always fighting. Um, they were like practiced obsessively. They had songs like Mass Graves of Decapitated Christians. Excellent. Now we're talking. Yeah, they enjoyed gigging um, in, in front of um, homemade backdrops of inverted crosses, blood red pan- pentagrams. Beautiful. Um, they, did, they just gigged, 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 like, which is obviously what every band has to do. So it's like Jared uh, Threaten, uh, he really fucking put in the actual legwork. Yeah. So it doesn't make s- everything else after this then starts to make less sense to me because I'm like, you actually cut your teeth and you did the graft and you did the grind of it. And, you and could have been a real. But where does brother go? OK, so um, they you can't had... have the chorus without Jim. Maybe he was. You probably Jim. could have all of the I think chorus. they've been trying Jim, to have I the chorus without Jim for a while. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. You could definitely have the chorus without Jim. How would you break up with your brother, Edward? Be like, look, you'd just be like, Jim, the aliens are over there. Go fight them. Oh, and he'd be gone. He'd be gone off. Harsh. Be now, harsh. Jim's true. one of us. In, Don't turn on is Jim. He? Definitely. Is he? What do you mean by There's that? There's a tinfoil hat sale over there, Jim. Off you go. Jim is 100% listening to this podcast. Jim's not. Jim Core, if you are listening to this podcast, please leave us a review <laughs> and sign up to our Patreon. <laughs> anyway, much like the Gallagher brothers, Scott and Jared started to... Um, have scraps and fights and um, basically Scott thought Jared was just on a massive ego trip Jared thought Scott was phoning it in artistic differences the huge basically and actually um, Jared said that he stayed in Satith for his parents sake I'm loving the reversal but his mum apparently said it's the band that holds everything together the family like (laughs) that's a lot of pressure I know and anyway, so the two lads had two, sort of two different tastes and kind of like were diverging in just what they wanted to really do. So basically sounds like Jared Threaten was very into the theatrics of metal and Scott felt that he was better than that or different to that. Okay. Whatever. All metal is very theatrical. So it does. Yeah. I don't really get Scott's point. So anyway, Jared then... Um, he was going out. He had a girlfriend, incredibly. Go, Jared. Ah. Um, now wife, Kelsey. Same lady. She's the gal who filmed the European tour. That's love. And also impersonated his talent agent on the phone one time. Ah, uh, that is that love. That is love. Um, so they were like going to college and just kind of doing the kind of crappy jobs to support themselves and kind of pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. I actually really was like, you guys are plucky. I fucking like you two. Yeah. And um, then basically it all kind of turned when Jared Threaten was about uh, 20. He said, now he's, this is all him now. There isn't any kind of like other sources confirming this story. But basically he said that one day him and Kelsey were in the apartment having a few lols, as you do, mm-hmm. when he started coughing up blood, very metal. And on Kelsey, who's a nurse, was like, you should do something about that. Thank we you. should go to the hospital. <laughs> Maybe do some drinking and Ouija board while we're there. Um, and he was like, no, 
I'm not going to the fucking doctor, he said. Those people are inadequate. They're not oh. going to know what they're doing, which as a 20-year-old psychology student is and heavy baffling. Metal. Heavy metal artist? Heavy metalist? Yeah. Heavy metal artist, definitely. Threatens an artist. So anyway, um, whether it was this kind of like glimpse of his own kind of mortality or what, he decided that they were going to strike out for LA and make his musical dreams a reality. And um, he told his family he was leaving. His mom was devastated about Satan. Um, but he didn't tell them, crucially, about coughing up blood. Oh. Um, and what the hell was going on with that. So anyway, him and Kelsey relocated to some kind of, like, sounds like a backwater about 80 miles outside of LA. So it wasn't like instant, you know, you know, Sunset Tour. Boulevard dreams shit. But anyway, he was finding it really, really hard to get any traction with his music. And he was writing music all the time, in fairness to him. He was writing like, I mean, I think he wrote about 70 songs in one year. I don't know how good all 70 but are. But that's what I was going to ask. It mm. needs, it is, is it kind quantity of quantity or is it quality? That's it. I mean, if there's got to be one gem in that 70. Mm. I mean, all, most songs are just a variation of three chords, really. So he should just have gotten oh, really? them in the right order. Do you <laughs> never listen to those YouTube or watch those YouTube videos and it's like popular songs that are the same chord? Never. Just, spe- oh, you'd love it. Oh my God. And like I was telling you about the voice uh, coach that I love listening to, yeah. Sam Johnson. You'd love him, Cassie. Okay. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> they are. It's all the Beatles. All the Beatles are just three, three. I love the Beatles, but it's just three chords. Okay. Three or four. Look at this. I, there's, I feel there's going to be a lot of back chat from the kind of musical portion if of I the Creep want. Dive audience. And we will deserve it because I don't know what misinfo I've given about metal. <laughs> Sam's going to be like, and you will know us by our trail of dead is not stoner metal. Oh, whatever. You're really? like music's just it's no, just G and an E and a G and an E and I an think a there's at a the D and an A and a C very popular <laughs> as well. But I just I I mean this is this is fact. Okay, it's, it's fact. It's a fact. It's just a fact. So anyway, Eames. So Kelsey got an office job. Eames was obsessed over his music. Uh, he was writing songs. He had eighty or seventy songs amassed after a year. He played every single instrument on all these songs, and he basically uh, decided that he was going to spend ten grand on recording his album, which he says was money saved from like basically his whole kind of teens into his working life. "Quote: I'm not some fucking rich kid. This is all good money management." Hmm. Honestly, threaten. I think has a successful career ahead of him. It's not in metal, but it's in something because I like this guy. He's got his shit together. I fucking like the cut of his jib. So he actually spent loads of money on his um, album, uh, Breaking the World. Mm-hmm. Good uh, title. His planned for a single, Living is Dying. Accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah. He even shelled out to have this engineer called Greg Calby, who has worked with Springsteen and John Lennon to kind of master it. Um, the that guy must get so many gigs like that. And he's just like, fucking hell. And it's just so all these bands can put it in the like, I exactly. guess, liner notes or wherever. Um, so he then also, so like up until now, it's real in that there are real songs, you know? Yeah. 
But, but they just sound like any other band trying to make it. Yeah, like, where's that's what you do. You yeah. make the music, you write the songs, you're a band. Exactly. But then he goes on to say, so you hear it said all the time that now it's really easy to get discovered with the internet. Like, it's, okay. it's actually, you know, we're in a kind of a, a magical era of Lily Allen on MySpace and blah, blah, blah. Nothing to do with her well-connected parents at all. No. Um, <clears throat> and Jared threatened was like, it's actually the opposite. And I get his point because it's a cacophony and it's like a boundless sort of now. The internet's kind of, you know. Yeah. Everybody. Like everybody has is putting their their crafts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway. Everyone has an Etsy. Like. Um, he decided that like, well, he decided, quote, fuck what other people think. I'm willing to do what it takes to try and bring rock back into the spotlight. That's a guitar. Um, that's my. Nice. He decided good, yeah. he wanted to like do this kind of villain persona and become like a metal evangelist. And now he cites interesting influences like Andy Warhol and Andy Kaufman. So okay. they were both so artist and comedian, respectively, who enjoyed Fucking with the bounds of fact and fiction. And um, also another kind of theory is like that because of the old blood coughing up element that Jared Threaten felt a bit kind of like he was on the clock and he needed to like kickstart this dream. And then what he did next all starts to get a bit deranged. So he basically created a fake website for a fake record label, which he called Superlative Music Recordings. And um, even wrote like a bogus kind of uh, bio page for the uh, uh, the record label. Uh, quote, founded in 1964 following the appearance of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, which is fucking genius because it doesn't he hasn't tie said, it hasn't to... said Superlative Music Records has anything to do with the Beatles. No, it's just it's put just it in the timeline. It's just like <laughs> a thing just that happened one time. For context in the timeline. Yeah. Um, he listed himself among phony artists. I'm going to start doing that. It's so good. Like <laughs> yeah. just over here, this momentous thing is happening yeah. meanwhile I was in my office yeah. Yeah, after the success of Channel 4 Cassie Delaney launched, launched exactly. <laughs> that works I after Spotify acquired Gimlet Media for 40 million dollars <laughs> Cassie Delaney <laughs> I love it I love he's got like fake bands and as a person who makes up fake names and shit like that it's very hard to get the ring of truth about them and I don't think he's succeeded The Great White is one fake band February Morning another one Box Tops and Jared Threaten all listed on the uh, record label's roster and um, he just has says later I knew people would have a quick look at it move on be like yeah it looks good he also made similar websites for his fake publicists Magnified Media PR a fake booking agency Stage Right and populated his Facebook page with, with those fake links. followers oh yeah so he started to kind of like spoof a buzz about himself fake it till you make it Jared. I yeah. mean, he is the ultimate. He's not breaking any laws. Between Facebook and YouTube, I think he used those two the best because he had like loads of videos on YouTube of himself being interviewed, but clever. Like by him. So you couldn't see the interviewer. You couldn't see the interviewer. And Which is what one... happens when you go to movie junkets often. They they'll yeah. sometimes they'll only have one camera set up that is just on the actors and the interviewee is 
or the interviewer is off screen anyway. So it's <clears throat> within the realm of possibility. Absolutely. Except those people are usually sitting in front of a poster of their legitimate movie. He was like in his gaff more could or less. Have got a pull up banner. <laughs> yeah. Should have no, got the pull up. splurge. He's splurging on quid. everything else. All these domain names. He's paying whatever his yearly charge. But like he's even like kind of referencing the interviewer's question. Like the interviewer is not there at one point. He's like, sorry, what song were you talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Living for dying. Or living oh, so is dying. Like we're. He's just like. We can't hear the he's interviewer. He's so committed to the spoof. And yeah, there's like. Yeah, Did you watch them? Even just get someone to act like the fake interviewer. What about his wife? She's always hanging around. She's busy. She's making phone calls. She's hiring guitarists as Lisa Goldberg from Stage Right Management. Oh, shit. No joke. Um, so he started to basically... And oh, also, oh my God, on YouTube, he had a lot of like footage of live performance videos that just contain stock images of crowds. It's... It, they're beautiful. You have to kind of really dig for them now because there's been so much threat and shit since. Um, but uh, so good. So then he, as I said, sold a couple of copies and then he was like, right, time to make my final kind of power play move and book the European tour for myself based on like absolutely no traction in the real world what whatsoever. did he think was going to happen that he would just arrive I mean surely he can see the ticket sales I mean exactly or he's booking like the venues he's saying he's okay. saying to the venues I wait so he's basically he's got an alias the booking agent and mm. um, Casey Marshall was negotiating with all these clubs across England Germany and Northern Ireland they had a gig in Belfast uh, that he never made it to uh, but uh, so he basically spent about five grand booking the venues. Look, he's paying for them. Hired the backing band. I mean, I can't even fathom what he spent on the backing band because they were kind of brought in uh, in like the August uh, to go on tour in November. So they were paid for every session. I mean, like, so Joe Prunera was one of the gu- guitarists in the backing band and he basically just got a call from Lisa Golding of Aligned Artist Management and... Um, uh, inviting him to audition uh, and so he got the album learned a few songs off it he was like oh it's not really like he's a metal guy but it was a bit like not his taste but he liked Jared Threaten when he met him soft metal soft metal <laughs> like kind of clammy flaccid metal um, so then right in the September right before they're about to go on tour apparently Jared Threaten had another bout of the old coughing up blood Scenario like what's wrong with him? The doctor forcing his was voice. like, I think that you should have surgery because you could die of internal bleeding. And he's but like, Jared no. is like, no. Why? No, man. I've got to break. I've got a tour coming Sorry, up. I've got to course. go break the world. It's deranged. So and so then he arrives in Underworld Club in London with his fake band for the first concert and. They had said to the venues like the ticket sales were going well, but I think because he was acting as the booking agent, right. they, the venues couldn't see exactly how much how it was selling. I'm not sure about that part yeah, of it. You just leased the venues the and he was in control of selling tickets. Yeah, more or less. But it also doesn't seem like he in any way tried to sell tickets at all. How weird. Like, as in, you could, you know, it's a venue of about 400 or 500 
you've got a support act that you've got in anyway. So there's a, there is a support act yeah. with legit fans. With fans, presumably of their own, of some kind. Yeah. It just is so baffling. And so anyway, um, they played to several empty venues over the course of a few nights before the band just walked out and were like, fuck you what is this what is this bizarreness and uh, then obviously it started to kind of become a viral sensation I'm dying to hear some music some music okay but like it did it not work is he not famous now well exactly but it's but I think what was really sad was because he kind of started to obviously generate a lot of clickbaity headlines and like it started in kind of like I don't know at metalsucks.com but eventually the New York Times reported it and everything but like people were like the music is so stupid and like oh his power ballad living is dying is about as terrible as you'd expect come on play it and you know yeah Um, I mean okay so alright let's go which song is this Wait, they're going to give us a YouTube video. Well, it's it's the actual official video. Right. That he, you know, produced and paid for. Presumably. Well, yeah, it's not presumably. Oh, my God. Look at him. Oh, wow. This sounds good. Right. There's an issue there. <laughs> there is a clear issue with the voice. Yeah, am I right? I mean, look at that hair. That's... I'm in. Absolutely. Worst bands have made it. Well, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not awful. All right, that video's had 115,000 views. That's got to count for something. Give us a top top comment on the video. The best bit is that he plays every instrument in the video as well. So That's he's just true. like going between drums, guitar, bass. What talent. <laughs> Come on, so give us a comment. Top comment. Is it from him? <laughs> could be. It probably is him behind. Oh, I don't know. This guy's Crash Slayer says I've honestly heard worse. This guy isn't so bad. You see? Especially considering how hard he soloed everything. Um, yeah. People would show up to his shit now, I think. He should have just well, put out he should have put out one of those tweets of the empty room and him sitting sad in a corner with like one singular present and gotten someone to be like my heavy metal boyfriend had his first gig and no one showed. Exactly. Please retweet. And exactly. Then like, they would have stormed the place and yeah. bought him presents. Okay, so the only um, kind of comment that he made in the wake of the whole kind of going viral was a kind of cryptic reference to fake news. But as you pointed out, Cass, like it worked to a certain degree in that like, you know, there's now a British band called The Perverts <laughs> who stage a tribute Jared Threaten act called An Unattended Musical. And um, then, so that was all last year, right? And then this year, he booked another tour <laughs> <laughs> of, 
on the one year anniversary of his um, completely unattended world tour. Um, so he um, <laughs> he's back playing at the Underworld in London, which was his first night of his last European Guaranteed tour. Guaranteed that's going to sell out. At no, I. What? I sat, sadly, no, he's no. on like five thousand monthly Spotify listens. Um, he got a, um, a support act called Evil Tide, all spelled with Y's instead of I's. Nice. And um, they uh, were like, "Okay, this is either going to be really good, or there's going to be nobody there." Said the band's guitarist, and uh, it was the latter. Nobody. There was about three people in the oh, audience. Oh no! Would you still? That'd be terrible. Would you be like, "Oh well, I guess we still play the set here because." Uh huh. Like that's what he had his last band do I was guess. play to empty rooms just so that he could kind of live out this fantasy thing. And then anyway, so this a journalist from Enemy went to another night of the tour and I think there was like maybe about 20 more people there that night. Look, it's gaining but traction. It's, it's 20 people in like, where would be the equivalent in Ireland? Like the Olympia? No. No, smaller than the Olympia, but like still big enough that we, it would be extremely mm, awkward to be there just with 20 downstairs people. Downstairs in Wheelands maybe. Yeah, and just, oh, oh, That would be terrible. Going, when you're there in the audience, you're like, I really want to leave. But, like, but I guess it's just a collective decision that we don't support Threaten because like they're not bad. Yeah, I like, agree. Like they've gotten coverage in the New York Times. Yeah, How is me. it working? How well the 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 act sounds really bad. It sounds terrible <laughs> from this um, review of it. So um, he let me see. Okay, so before the band come on stage, there's like a black curtain, a kind of a makeshift black curtain, and there's an audio clip of journalists talking which then morphs into a, quote, quasi-political montage about fake news media. What? Um, (laughs) The song then starts and the curtain drops, revealing several animatronic mannequins decked out in T-shirts that say, fake band. They sluggishly... I love it! They sluggishly move about the stage, brandishing cardboard cardboard instruments as a threatened song plays over the PA. So... So it's not a lie. The, the audience were initially confused because they're like, are we going to watch a mannequin band now this year? Is yeah. that the new step for Threaten? But then Jared actually walks on stage wearing a t-shirt that says, not real. And then um, he tells the crowd, you're all invisible. And this is the only time he addresses them then for the next hour. Um, so in the next song, um, fade into never he presents an ongoing joke where he points the microphone to one of the mannequins and then keeps going to take it back and sing before stopping himself I mean it sounds so slapstick and um, then later he brings out a you know like a blow up um, a blow up sex doll yeah wearing a t-shirt that just says BBC News okay (laughs) And does and he, he proceed mimes, to fuck it? Well, he mimes, um, like, face-fucking the doll, yeah. Like, okay. So the BBC News doll oh, is right, fellating okay. him. Sort of Trump-esque. It's like, fuck the media. Nothing is real. Yes. What's gli- climate change? What is climate change? Fake news, fake band. Um, clearly, 
audience becoming so uncomfortable that they just start leaping because it's so because he's being a dick to them. Yeah, you know as well. And apparently, like, there's loads of technical difficulties throughout as right. well. And at the end, he trashes the stage and walks off. <laughs> um, <laughs> the band, this journalist really tried to um, find the good, find, threaten himself to speak to you afterwards, oh. but he couldn't. Um, he couldn't. He talked to some of the crowd who said it was amazingly terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever seen and simultaneously the best thing I've ever seen. It was dreadful and I'm so happy. It's- <laughs> I've been live tweeting it and dozens of people are so glad that somebody is here. Yeah. I did it so other people wouldn't have to. Oh God. This audience member. someone coming to see you. He just like just, It's like just doing it a public it. service exactly. to stop everyone saving else from having to do person. it. And also just dozens of people being so happy that there's someone there <laughs> oh. to report it. Oh, it's so God. good. It's so annoying. I'm trying to find this one quote from him that is so funny, but I can't find it. Hang on. So you're all part of this the illusion. This would be... The it only is thing that, he, yeah. says. he says. Did you read that? That's it. You're all part of the illusion. Where did you f- catch it? Because I read it this, somewhere. Um, why is fake? What is fake news? I turned an empty room into an international headline. If you are reading this, you are part of the illusion. But yeah. like, it's iconic. His only comment. Iconic parting comment. I mean, it's great, but when it comes down to brass taxes, brass tax <laughs> is brass tax. <laughs> I mean, or brass taxes. He's not selling tickets. He has no plays on Spotify. No, I can't fathom how he hasn't got fans. Where's What's the... killing me is that he has so much of it nailed to a you know he to a did greater everything or lesser degree. Right. He plays guitar really, really he well. Play, he's he talented. Could, he couldn't make his this songs into aren't something. that great. But like, is any metal? And then <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. whoa. Okay. Whoa. And you will know us by your trail of death. I have to Google this band and just see how far off the mark I am with them. Play them. But um <laughs> so Jared, Jared, what do we know of his current situation? He he's, was booking another tour. Like he just was not that running gig. out of money. That gig that that enemy journalist went to was last week. Oh. So ah. he could be around. What did you uh, say? His he day did job an interview was? with the Rolling Stone. And he he did say it was all a publicity stunt and that a, tr- a tragedy a good news story lasts a day a tragedy lasts a lifetime so I mean that's really poetic you should it, put that it into is. his music it just needs to you would think it sort of would kind of need to pay off like the end goal here would be what for him like probably to be a successful musician yeah career. but I just don't understand how he can get that level of coverage and still nobody and still show nobody up. show up at his shows they must there's a, there's a gap I think it's his attitude he's a cunt he's being a dick about it no? yeah maybe like people are like okay well fuck you we're not going then like <laughs> if he was kind of nice and saying like, I'd love for people to come to my shows but he's not doing that yeah I think um, he needs to basically do a Jordan Belfort and channel this somewhat talent, whatever. Like, it's a very strange, unique talent he's I got think here. you're mistaking talent with just absolute focus Money. and ambition. And, and straight, which... okay, true. And also a bizarre, like, disregard for holding on to money. Yeah. 
are using it for anything good. Yeah. But no, don't you think like I don't he think could it's... do a really fun marketing workshop like Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Kind or, of, yeah. yeah. But like that's how Rebecca Friday or Rebecca Black Friday Friday, Friday. like that was just a little um she went somewhere you know the way in the in the US you can you can go and you can record a video and music go like you can go do a day out with a music producer it's basically just your parents buy a package for you and she gets to go and Cassie she went you need to sell podcast packages anyone can have that's what I do (laughs) you fucking do do that already anyone can have a podcast for egotistical (laughs) lunatics have your day out yeah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> literally your whole that's yeah, so offensive that's to everyone um, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Rebecca Black went and did one of these workshop days or whatever and they recorded for her and they put it up on YouTube and she was supposed to just send it to her friends and her family or whatever and then someone picked up on it and was like this is the worst this is the cringiest thing it's I've ever seen it's the best worst the thing worst anyone thing. had ever seen and it was just beautiful oh i'm getting a real yearning for seeing it right now we have to have a break and watch massive. it massive it's a huge massive. song you must know she it it's her in a car no no i know it i just want to revisit, want to revisit but it. it was so amazingly perfect in the way she, the office you know she did cr- a story then she did a, a a piece i think with buzzfeed um there only recently about how how it Wrecked her life Wrecked it But like Ruined her friendships And stuff As it always does That's lame though And now she has A YouTube channel And she Appeared on The X Factor Or something One of those talent shows And everyone was like Is that Are you Rebecca Blair And then the VT Sad story Was that she had been This viral sensation And how did she do I don't think she won. No, right We would know about it If she did I think she's in that Kind of like LA YouTuber community oh they they definitely think they've won mm. they lo- they are very happy as a kind of like further reading to this story it really reminded me of this fucking brilliant movie that i watched a couple of years ago called welcome to me did you guys see it it's no. kirsten wig is the main actress in it and i'd say i'd love it i love kirsten wig yeah it's like a kind of tragic tragedy comedy about a woman with mental illness who wins the lottery and she spends her winnings on buying Sorry, a I daytime talk show. I have seen it's it. Very it's good. very good. And it is stunningly good. And it's like this exact story. So she basically, yeah, for any, like you guys have seen it, but for the listeners, go and watch Welcome to Me. It's so fun and it's like really sad. And I this really reminded me of it because I was just kind of like, Whoa, it's just like Tommy Wiseau and The Room. It's just like that movie. It's like if you're deranged enough, focused enough, and you've got the funds somehow. You can just force it to become a thing. You can just thing. force it in. Like, it is true, isn't it's it? There's in. just no, yes. you are swimming against the stream. Everyone is shouting at you. Stop it. stop and turn back. But they cannot because you've got the money and you're too crazy to be reasoned with. There's something unlikable about him anyway. But isn't all art, like, we say it's subjective, but, like, there's movements that make things cool, you know? Yeah. So, like, if one person, if he had gotten a good review of that show, it'd be a totally different story. If people were like, this is so uncool, it's cool. You know, he's kind of hoping... Well, yeah, exactly, like The Room. Mm. Um, Yeah, he is hoping to... 
have a documentary made about him. <laughs> but it's so hard sometimes, you know, to approach producers and to drum up their interest in making a documentary about you. But he did say that, like, Kelsey, his wife, chronicled everything for the express the purpose is there. of... I would yeah. watch the documentary. Would you not? Fuck yeah. It's fascinating. Sure, it's like when Spinal Tap came out and loads of people thought it was a real band. Exactly. It's the reverse. Very good. Thank you, Sophie. Are you ready for my gore festival? I'm so excited. I just want to ask you a question. Sorry, that's Rebecca Friday video. Rebecca Black, if you were doing a social experiment, which I don't think people really sit down and do these social experiments, although I did come across a Wikipedia page today that said weirdest social experiments. Mm. Didn't die, but they're all from like pre that kind of um, separating the twins kind of experiment. Pre that? Yeah, they're all like really old. Okay. Like 50s, 60s. 40s if you embarked on like a golden era of human rights and science yeah absolutely absolutely if you embarked on like say an investigative journalism piece or a social experiment where you were say questioning this you know how subjective art is and you were creating fake paintings and Mm. the goal was to try and make yourself popular without an ounce of talent but you actually gained success in doing that thing would you reveal the experiment or would you just keep going? No, you keep going. <laughs> because everything is a fucking spoof. You know, when you've really paired it all back. Absolutely. So what's the difference? Yeah, I feel like that's definitely already happened to some degree. A joke has become a reality and they've just rolled with it. And on and on it goes. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, like JT like arrived, had he not been... kind of, his work's kind of, yeah. that all over isn't it but there's an incredible although obviously he but it's the same with Andy Warhol like yeah like the you know the Campbell's cans of beans and stuff they're just a really simple art being something ludicrous being the focal point of art is the joke yeah but they're still meaning meaningful because of it questions consumerism and society but maybe that wasn't the intention but you could also just kind of read into anything, yeah you could you? yeah and absolutely. isn't it kind of funny to think that it is as basic as something as there is nothing as a picture yeah, of the tin of beans like Deschamps yeah. urinal yeah which was like what 1930s yeah 50s maybe Oh God! I don't know. I'm guessing wildly, but it was just him doing the ver- that very thing. This whole idea of found objects just being art, and his yeah, his, yeah, and then him uh, and us not kind of being able to question that because he said it was. You I know? suppose it's the same as like it's so you see it so often now in businesses and marketing. It's just people keep saying they have users and stuff, yeah. and things are cool. We talk about this all the time. The three of us do, and people self promoting on various platforms, and I'm coming in going fucking hell, this person. I've just watched this and they've said their blog or whatever is is doing so well. It's amazing. I can't believe it. And then you both go, it's yeah, a and lie. Then you, and then you go on and, and you I'm click like, it because the they tell you 100,000 people have read it. And then yeah, 20,000 people read it to find out what the fuck these other So they're just lying. Yeah. yeah. Are we, huh? Is there a little bit of Jared Threaten in all of us? Uh, some of us, Definitely. But like you can be you can be rumbled so easily. It just feels terrifying. Madness. I think if you've got crippling anxiety, like most of us do, it's very hard. Yeah, it's keeping you out of all kinds of scrapes. It's keeping me out of all that's, kinds that's of trouble. That's the one mm. upside of crippling mental illness. <laughs> yeah, just keeps you a very keeps low you. level, honest, low risk, low risk people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Just don't raise your hand and all is fine. It's so weird, though, that like, yeah, you can completely live out a life online. If you were devoted to it, you could do it. But like that fake it, it but like, you make it mentality is you have to be ill promoted. for it to be satisfying, I think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I guess yeah, you, if you, you lie to yourself about something long enough, we're sort of always lying to ourselves about various things. I mean, I'm not doing this just as a shameless self-plug, but honestly, if anyone's enjoying this debate, filter this <laughs> by me, Voice Town and Sophie White is in shops still right now. And it's in your Kindle, it's in your Audible, wherever you might get your content. I mean, if you can get it, it it's sold over a million copies. <laughs> <laughs> if you could actually get yeah. your hands that's on, on one. Yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like... It's a, I think, unendingly fascinating facet of contemporary life is this yeah. exact shit. Everybody is famous. Yeah, I mean, yeah. after after the success of Harry Potter, Sophie White has written Filter This. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to rewrite my bio when I go home. Hot on the tail. Hot on the tail of J.K. Rowling's success. <laughs> I wrote this other yeah, book. Exactly. Amazing. Okay, come on, let's go to the creep dive. I, I want to talk more about that, but I feel like I don't have my ducks in a row. Do you know that kind of way? Like, more, I definitely think more about your book, more about this this art, real life, fantasy. It's kind of like augmented life, almost, isn't it? That people lead online. Yes, and then it becomes like. We're doing last week's chat. I know, but we're really into it now. We need. <laughs> I need an outlet. I don't see enough people in real life. Um, <laughs> we are. It, it like how much of fiction becomes reality be- just because you put it out in the ether. Yeah, and just because enough people will believe it or consume it. Yes. Yeah. And like that in, in how many times have you seen? And that's what the thing was about fake news was it doesn't have to be true. It just has to be believed. Yeah. Well, or not even believed, but viewed. Yeah, and then it becomes reality. Um, are I'm so excited. You ready? Yeah. Buzz. Oh, fuck. I'm so glad I'm not eating a kebab. Buzzfeed headline. Oh, there's no way to. Um, Don't eat your dinner while I tell you this story. Oh, it's fine. I mean, you can eat it, but it it could be a could be tainted. Could be a human you're eating. <laughs> Burger man. Burger man. Burger man. Yes. Burger man. Makes burgers out of men. Man. Yes. Man. Well, that's a lie. Women Burger man, and men. Comma. Men. Literally. Yes. Perfect. There we go. Uh, his name? Joe Metheny. When the police arrested Joe in December of 1996, they expected him to put up a fight. He was 500 pounds. He worked in a lumber factory. He had a tendency to fly off the handle. 500 pounds, he was a giant. Mm. That's huge. Mm. That's just shy of my 600 pound life. The TLC documentary. She oh was a lady. God, this is a man. He He's a big uh, fellow uh, and angry. Uh, they Where expected the resistance. World? I can't remember. America. Okay. I'll tell you more as I read it. Uh, <laughs> so he, they, they're like, this guy is going to be difficult. But he wasn't. Gird your loins. But he, then they were fine. No, absolutely fine. He went willingly. They didn't. What they didn't expect was a detailed and upfront confession. Their brutality of which was preceded by Metheny's Joe's own warning. I am a very sick man. Oh. Yeah. And they're like, okay, hang on. We were just going to break for lunch. So let's just get <laughs> our kebabs and bring them in here. 
Joe. That's it. So they drove him back to the station and they sat him down expecting like they'd rolled in the kind of the big guns, the big guns to interview him. And he just spewed all of the terrible shit he'd done all over the place in the station. So in his confession, he described to police how he driven by an insatiable need for revenge. I'll tell you about that in a second. He viciously raped, murdered, dismembered, drug addicted sex workers and homeless people while on a quest to find his runaway wife. So Jesus, what? Uh, in the a night going on there yeah so basically his wife he didn't come from kind of a, a great there was a lot of drugs floating around and um he had a child with his wife and she disappeared okay with the child with the child so he flew into this rage, rage. berserker mode fucking berserk mode um methody joe i'll just call him was ironically known as tiny in the 90s he was six one tall large framed and weighed a lot and he'd been spending time in bars living with bands of homeless men in makeshift camps in here we go South Baltimore it's not a beautiful place no um, and he was spending nearly all of his money on crack cocaine heroin liquor but he did hold down a full time job during this whole time uh, he was a forklift driver and <laughs> oh no he was universally described Operating as intelligent heavy machinery sure he was intelligent well spoken okay. very well mannered okay um, in work mm. so Joe murdered Kathy Ann Magaziner in 1994 uh, a 39 year old sex worker and buried her body in a shallow grave on the site of the factory where he worked can I just say they're always shallow graves like it just he couldn't be arsed um, is, there mean, was no preparing the, if you have gone to the effort of murdering someone would you not just dig a deeper grave? Well, this or pre-dig the grave and I, then no. kill the person. It's the rage. It's the flying off into a rage. So and then he, you want you're calming down as you're digging, and you just give up. Well, then you've got a body, and you're like, I've got to get rid of this fucking thing somehow. Yeah, but it's always discovered in a shallow grave. That's I would true. say if it's anything less than four foot, you can be bet your bottom dollar it's going to be discovered, and they're going to say body found in shallow grave well so sadly he she stayed in that shallow grave for two years well she was still found eventually she, well he dug her up right and <laughs> Jesus Joe has it in for you in your theory he, he does he dug her up oh sorry so they, he had kill, strangled her um, to kill her that's how she met her and sadly, sadly. Uh, so Anyway, he buried her in the shallow grave, went back two years later, dug her up, put her bits in a box and fucked it in the bin. For, he, like, again, we're not quite sure why he did that. So Joe was tried for murder in a different case in 1995 for allegedly killing Randall Brewer and Randy Piker with an axe at a homeless tent city camp under Baltimore's uh, Hanover Street Bridge. So this bridge is sort of famous for having a fair amount of sad and kind of vagrant type people who are addicted to drugs oh, hanging yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he just, this giant man went on a wild axe, axe swinging whoa, event there. And, uh, but uh, there had been disputes involving rival gangs of homeless men and Larry Amos stole the murder weapon and used it to kill. Anyway, there was, it was a fucking, sorry, I'm not laughing, but it was just madness. Just a real shit show. Totally. So Joe showed up with a couple of axes there was like kind of anyway and then 
as he was killing one man with one axe, another guy picked up the other axe, killed another guy. Anyway, this whole trial was a fucking shit show as a result because there was prints everywhere. Nobody knew who killed who. Oh my Nobody God. Nobody was making oh, any right, sense. Right, right. And everyone had witnessed somebody else killing someone. So nobody could be like Certain. innocently a witness. It was it, chaos. It was fucking chaos. Anyway. Jesus. Too much murder. <laughs> Too many axes. That's oh. right. So during part of this, he had been killing one guy with an axe at the kind of... <laughs> and he'd noticed that another innocent bystander was just standing there watching him. So he killed him. Oh. And anyway, so he had the bodies. And Joe was like... What am I... P- pick up a what penguin? am I going to do with all these? So he was driving this giant pickup truck at, at the time. So he fucked the bodies of the two guys he knew he'd killed. Into the into the back of a pickup. Like Larry, that's your mess. That's kind of what I'm happened. taking these dads exactly. Uh, at the uh, anyway, so that's what we know. Of. At the end of that, sorry, this is a bit convoluted, but at the end, the jury concluded then that there was insufficient ev- evidence to con- convict Joe of the murder of those two guys. He later in his confession said he did in fact murder them. Anyway, that was a fucking shit show. But basically, what we didn't know at the time, but what Joe did know, and what the jury didn't know, is what so they did with the bodies. So Joe was obviously a forklift driver. Mm. But Joe also opened a burger stand. No. no. He didn't sell and feed the public. On the high. He certainly did. Oh my God. Is this, so this the was inspiration in- for the heartwarming film Fried, Fried Green, Green Tomatoes, Tomatoes at oh, the Whistle Stop Cafe? Stunning little film. Never saw it, probably. Oh my God. Oh, you Does love this familiar? film. Also, this, oh my God, there is a diner near where I live. And I swear to God, this is its origin story. I've always wondered about, it's probably libelous. libelous yeah, because I, I mean, you're looking at me like, shut your mouth right there. But it's a very strange location for a diner right by the pigeon house. Like, <laughs> it's, maybe. Do you know, do you know? Okay, Maybe. tell us. What did he call the hamburger stand? I don't know yet. I'll get there. The thing about... Hamburger stand. The, the, this is all backtracking. So when he was sitting there confessing to all this shit that he'd done, mm, the, obviously the police, 1994... Well, when he went into the... It was 1996 when he was in the... So it was thing. a couple of years later that he was confessing. He was tried for that. It was attempted... He They tried to get him for the murder in 1995 of the two guys. Mm. Um, but they couldn't kind of pin them on him. Uh so Joe went on to kill Kimberly Lynn Spicer in mid-November in 1996 by stabbing her with a knife. He kidnapped another girl, Rita Kember, on December 8th, 1996 and attempted to rape her. According to prosecutors, he shared drugs with Kemper in the trailer where he was living at the pallet factory site. She refused to have sex with him and ran out of the trailer. He chased her, beat her, dragged her back to the trailer, pulled down, you know. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, they also alleged that he had attempted to murder her and during that time he was telling her I'm going to kill you bury you in the woods with the other girls and do what I did to their bodies to you this is what she said oh my god she escaped she survived Wild through run. a window of the trailer fled to the police station in the area so uh, Joe was then asked by a friend uh, Joe then asked a friend to help him bury the body of Spicer which he had been hiding at the factory site since killing her a month earlier the friend reported so these two the things police. these two incidents were only a month apart he was on a fucking spree what the I mean yeah like I just 
feel like where does anyone get the time? I don't know. So Joe was arrested and charged with her murder on the same day. The owner of the business was arrested. That's the guy who tried to help with Joe as they left the Christmas party. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, the Christmas party. So it was. Oh, uh, just picture it was then that Joe began confessing to the murders. He's like, while I'm here. Exactly. Uh, As well as Kember Spicer. He led police to the shallow grave where he had reburied magaziners decapitate. Do you remember your one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much of the skull was missing. That's part of the part of it. He threw in the trash and part of it he kept. Um, but the police were able to, to identify magaziner from her dental records. Jesus, he's all over the place. So they he's reckoned, not a good, he's not a good murderer. Isn't he? Yeah, he is. Hang on a second. So am I. So. <laughs> Where do I know? So police reckoned that he'd chosen young white sex workers who were addicted to heroin and cocaine. The killings often involved brutal sexual acts. So he was clearly oh targeting God. vulnerable people, but people he also sexually was attracted by, except for the two homeless men who he killed in a blind rage. So where am I? Uh, it wasn't murdering and dismembering that was the worst of his crimes, as I said. Now, no. it was how he disposed of the bodies to cover them up. So rather than bury or hide his victims somewhere secret, Joe was starting to dismember them. He was hiding and burying part of them and then sort of carving them up in that area, bringing home back into the, the meat trailer in order to he basically mixed human meat with pork and beef. And was selling it in his burger in his burger joint. So, oh my god! Uh, no, Joe chopped them up, mixed them with pork, served them as burgers to unwitting customers from his roadside barbecue stand in Maryland. So the murders had started about two years before he was arrested. So at this time, he they he is confessed to more murders than the two girls, the two guys. He's kind of rambling at the police station. The police yeah. aren't. They're not even sure, you know, they're like, well, okay, you're saying you kill people. We don't have any evidence of this because of the type of people he killed. There's nobody necessarily gone missing that they know of. Yeah, no one's reported missing. Yeah. So all they have is Joe's talking about his murdered people and the burger stand. So this burger stand was a legitimate place that people would go. Even some police from the station he was interviewing at had eaten at this oh, takeaway burger barbecue type stand place so um, yeah well the problem is with that as well they didn't actually unearth any actual evidence, evidence of, okay. of it well they did find bits and bobs in Joe's freezer but the place was a mess like the burger stand was oh, disgusting yeah. I'd say his attention to HACEP regulations was shoddy at best. Absolutely. I can't imagine him wearing his little rubber gloves now. No, I'd say that the colour coding on the chopping boards was completely fucked. Window. If there the were window. chopping boards at all. Yeah, I'd say he never checked the temperature of those fridges. Disgusting. I mean. So where am I? Shocking. And I've worked in some bad places, but. <laughs> so, oh my God, imagine though hearing a place that you'd frequent Has was having sorry. these issues. Yeah. So during Joe's interrogation, he willingly offered up confessions, details of all the murders, uh, even mentioning the murder of fishermen so that he'd gotten away with several years before the original murders began. He also appeared to show no remorse for what he'd done apart from one thing. So Metheny, Joe stated that 
he really enjoyed his killing and he wouldn't apologize to the families of the victims because an apology would be a lie. He wasn't what? sorry for what he'd done. He went on he to explain a man of integrity. that he God would not lie. knew all about what he'd done and he was quite happy to be judged by him and by an actual judge in a court of law. <laughs> so uh, here's what Joe says. The one thing I do feel bad about in any of this is I didn't get to murder the two motherfuckers I was really after. <gasps> His wife and daughter. And that my ex-O lady and the bastard she... That's my ex-O lady and the bastard she hooked up with. So Joe reckons she ran off with somebody else. Right. So the next time you're riding down the road, and so Joe says here, so the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before he warned make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich oh thanks Joe I absolutely will so he was tried in 1997 in the Kemper case one of the girls he killed and given a sentence of 50 years for kidnapping attempted sexual assault he was acquitted of the attempted murdering her he was sentenced Why? to death in 1998 for the murder of Spicer that's the other girl uh, at his sentencing and hearing he said that he committed the murders because he enjoyed it. He got a rush. I got a rush out of it. I got a high out of it. I, I would no say real he's definitely, definitely a repeat offender risk. Uh, it, There's yeah. just no question, is In there? In 1998, he pleaded guilty to murdering and robbing uh, mag- uh, Magaziner. Do you remember her? Yeah. And uh, prosecutors sought the death penalty in that case as well. He received a sentence of life in prison for that case. The death sentence was overturned in 2000 and the sentence for the murder of Spicer was reduced to life without parole. He was never getting out. The rationale for the death penalty was that the murder had been committed in committing a robbery. But the evidence indicated the robbery was not his motivation. It looks like someone killed him in prison. Oh. Yeah. Upside. At the age of 62 in 2017, he was found dead in a cell. And we don't know why. So he was found dead. And obviously, I think you're, when you're in prison and you're alive for it, it sounds like no one sort of gives a shit about whether you're alive or dead. No. So the prison guards were like, yeah, no, he's dead. Hamburger <laughs> man. Yeah, he's dead. We don't know why. So, yeah, I think there is kind of an ongoing inquiry uh, uh, into that. But no He's dead and there's sloppy joes in the prison canteen But imagine that. Friday lunch. Like, isn't sloppy that amazing? Joe, I, I want credit. Sloppy Joe! Oh, oh, Sorry, that, that story was, that was sloppy. Very good. Yeah. My apologies. That was very good. It was... Sloppy Joe is a real that dish in America. Ama- Absolutely yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's it was uh, like uh, that uh, dish was created win. for this story. Absolutely true. <laughs> if this was a short story, that would have been the perfect final line. Joe, we just missed it. Fucking arsehole. arsehole. To say the least. To say the least. So messy. So much shit, like bodies everywhere. So just crap so everywhere. much rage. Yeah. Oh. And his gaff kind of hunks of meat of God knows what. And he was milling it all together. Like why kind of go well, To get rid of the evidence Sure Partially you were like Okay well I have this bones And flesh I've I buried like as much of it As I can The are the bigger issue but With di- disposing of a body But if he has I his diner I don't know why he looks at me there I haven't the foggiest On how to dispose he's of a body He's got his diner Other than to just Dig a deeper hole He has bones from the restaurant He just You know What do you do with bones yeah, From the he restaurant Yeah he could get He could very easily get rid of meat, Meaty waste Yeah Meaty waste Like very Much more manageable Something wonderfully sadistic it's about bones that are hard because, like, imagine like don't burn well and, and like putting the toppings on the burger, just like, huh. 
Do you know what I, I mean? At least he mixed it with other meats, though. There is a guy who did an experiment. But that was probably like, I would say that's like a financial consideration on Joe's part. Do you think but so? It's obviously so, cheaper yeah, to, to just kill people in that beer meat supply. Oh, uh, yeah, how would go hundred percent person? Human. People would be like, "That's It'd be too lean." Funky, for starters. would it? I would don't know. It, I'm yeah. guessing. I think. I feel there's a guy who punctured his leg. There's, an, there's a good like short Trace documentary. Trace heroin, I'm sure in it on YouTube, and he was this guy interested to know what human flesh. He told us like. this on this yeah. podcast. The guy who and made then, his foot. Yeah, do you remember his name was um, like Speedy Shart or something? Did I tell this story? I think I told it. You told it, but I think I know. I'm telling you a different one. He like punctured his thigh. Okay. So he had this kind of um, One of those like Apple core type things exactly. Where you take ah. out A chunk of skin But oh, a very I small apologize. one I apologise Yeah We were really talking about small. the guy Who got the foot amputated No uh, So oh, this guy cored his thigh He just cored his thigh Okay And then kind of spat, Kind of Squirted it out On a frying pan And I ate it like that And what did he think? Pork Really? Yeah Okay but and like, why do we think human flesh is any fucking different to animal? F- it is just animal flesh. Is there something really terrible, you know? Uh, well, I don't know. But like, I don't know. I don't. I'm a vegetarian. It's sustainable. <laughs> I'm really grossed out. I was going to say I'm also because this is a podcast. No one can doubt me. I'm just totally ripped. So there's obviously no fat in me. So I'd be no tasty. That's, That's what I think. We don't have like. But it's not the fat you're after. No, I yeah, suppose. but sure, I'm pure muscle, like so. Yeah, you'd be too sinewy, yeah, yeah. chewy. Yeah, what do you need? You need like a medium level of fat, medium level of muscle. Wouldn't that be the ideal person? No, because you don't eat muscle. Yeah, what do you, you eat the meat. That is the fucking muscle. But yeah, what? No, I don't. What is the meat? You're thinking of the tendons and the, uh, you know, the cord-like chewy shit. You're yeah, I'm already just eating. I think, that. like, say, thighs and stuff now muscle. would be my favorite. No, it's hardly of muscle. Chicken. Of course, it's muscle. That's the flesh, the it's, pink stuff. But like muscles, the actual muscles are the like the, the kind of core, core thing. No, yeah. they're tendons. No, muscles are like long. All right, this is interesting. We must figure this out. There are people. I know. This is so annoying. So this whole. Writing. I'm sorry. I yeah. feel like my story was a shambles. No, okay. It's not your fault that Joe was very disorganized. I know he was. So was I. My story. The problem was very hygiene orientated. I apologize. Next week, I'm I'm amazed more people didn't get sick from consuming. Why would they? Joe's burgers. I mean, that's the thing about kind of truck stop places like like that. I don't feel like you're you're halfway across the country before you're shitting yourself. Well, true. It's not true. like you're going to be googling what clientele. Is, yeah, no very return customer. Yeah. If Joe wasn't such a, I'd say, dope, he might have been quite clever. Oh well, I mean, they described him as, as intelligent, and he sort of was in a way. Anyway, fuck Joe. He's dead. Good for him though. Making a few bob on the no, it's terrible. It's Have you ever? Bad. I'm doing like a this with every story night tonight. Further reading. Have you ever watched Delicatessen? No. Okay, sorry. I googled what is meat, and <laughs> it is. It's meat is what happens to the muscles after the thing is dead. So sorry, the breakdown. <laughs> Say that again. So after an animal is slaughtered, blood circulation stops and muscles exhaust their oxygen supply. Muscle can no longer use oxygen to generate ATP and turn into glycosis, a process that breaks down sugar without oxygen to generate 
I'm also, I'm really skipping a lot of this is what it words. is. That's it. That, that flesh that you're talking about that we eat. Yeah. So basically, lactic acid is formed, and the acid builds up in the muscle tissue. If the acid content is too high, the meat loses its watery binding ability and becomes pale and watery. If the acid is too low, the meat will be tough and dry. And then it also, the lactic acid also releases calcium, which causes muscle contradiction. I would say Joe wasn't like preparing the, the meat like with any great consideration to the taste. Certainly not. If you're eating a burger like at a football match, what you're doing is eating a bun and some lettuce with a bit of ketchup. Yeah, like it's a chewy always the toppings that make it the no, tastiest thing anyway. Uh, so by this newfound knowledge, I'd probably really like be hang ridiculously like... tasty. You'd be tasty. Oh, because yeah. you're so ripped. Because I'm so ripped. I'm just all muscle. Have so you not been prob- enjoying Cassie's uh, Fitzbo account? No. Yeah, it's called Cassie Deadlift. All, uh, yeah, Cassie Lainey. Deadpan Deadlift. <laughs> deadpan Deadlifts. <laughs> well, it's that's just... going to be exciting for me. No, I'm f- I'm fully invested in uh, Instagram earwax retrieval videos. Oh, I think I'd enjoy that. Yeah, there's many of them. And um, we better wrap this Sorry. shit up because there's a new gourmet makes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's so nice to be loved by her. Who now? Cassie. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, we've talked. She's just crazy. basically, have we just evicted shit? us from her studio? Oh, I'm sorry. She wants I to know. go you and guys spend time can... with Claire. That's fine. Does oh, everybody need someone booked tonight? No. Anyway, this gourmet is makes Claire Safford. I'm sorry, the grey-haired woman. <laughs> yes. I've lost my mind. I'm sorry. I was you're like somewhat a sloppy not Joe pre- tonight. I am a massive sloppy Joe. I apologize. <laughs> it was my enjoyable. Flaccid, uh, my flaccid <laughs> vibes tonight. I'll be back on fire next week. It's so hard now because I was going to go to the chipper on the way home. Okay, people but don't like, do the chipper, like, but just oh, don't I just get don't a burger. Know if I can face it after that. Just don't get a burger. Chicken fillet burger. Soy safe. I just no. steer clear of meat but also don't get a spice burger you no exactly were... I told Cassie they were vegetarian <laughs> I didn't actually go and get one or I try one but it, I told a, a lot of people they sussed. were vegetarian yeah and I was like how progressive that chippers since the dawn of time have offered this vegetarian option a la spiced burger I know it's cruel <laughs> I love a spice burger man at least Jesus, do you know what though? Like, there's no sense of animal origin there. In a spice burger? Yeah, like what that's gotta be. Is it definitely meat? No person. Are you telling me it is meat? It is meat. But like. But it's like a hot dog. What's the meat of a hot yeah. dog? It's just a load Cartilage. of different it's types just the of. kind of like pork. offcuts of other animals. Do you see that thing with the chicken nuggets from McDonald's and they like put the. So they take all the good meat away and like give it to a proper restaurant. And then they give. The carcasses. That's right. They put them in a centrifuge. They spin them super very quickly. And the tiniest <laughs> pieces of cartilage and the lining you between the bone and I the muscle. I have seen and I've seen the video that like, they come out pink. But like that sticks to the side. And then they and just then they get, a get the spatula and s- take that slime. <laughs> Scoop it off. Whatever they do, it's delicious. I like, agree. I mean, delicious. I'm eating I it. Enjoy a meat paste. I, like me too. It's pate, it's pate for God's exactly. sake. Exactly. But you know when you get pate and you see that there's a, you know, like the vein. You can see sometimes there's 
Anyway, Are you no, eating a pate de campagne? They can be quite coarse. Look, we've D- we've, we've actually yeah. sorry. We've lost, this is fucking. We've, we've lost, lost all the vegetarians and all the metal fans tonight, and our I'm audience so sorry. is obviously halved. I would come say. back or don't. Next we week don't there will it. just be stories of children being kidnapped, just Can't like wait. you like it. See you next Bye. week. Bye. Oh wait, come by and say hello to us Rain at various reviews. places. Oh, give us a review, but not on this week or my story in particular. Thanks for the gals who sent in threatened. By the way, I can't. Rem- I can't find my phone off the top of my head. No, a few people did send it in. A lot of people have done that. A uh, lot of people. Thank you. A lot of people have done that. Get in line. Thank you. We've got loads of new patrons this week. They're, yeah, why? Uh, because they're enjoying this stellar content. Um, it is patreon.com forward slash the creep dive. There is early access to live show tickets. There will be a Christmas live show. So sign up if you have not done that already. And also... A charity show for Christmas. It's a charity show for Christmas. Just to take the wind and out of it. our national tour in January. We're going a around style national tour to many sold out venues. There's two potentially, one of which is confirmed. <laughs> in fact, if you live in a town and you want us to creep to your town, get in touch. Tell us about a potential venue that could work. And let us stay in your gap. Yeah, with your mum. And pay for our petrol. (laughs) Pay for our petrol. (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. Sorry, that was shambolic effort on my part. I just kind of lost my mind during my story. (laughs) You know what that happens? You're just like, what am I talking about? You see yourself from a third person. You're just like, shut up. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.